Section 15. Children Conquerors in Holland and Elsewhere. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Hirsch. The general's own personal experience, as well as numberless instances that came under his observation in his own and other families, gave him the same assurance as to the need and possibility of the salvation of children as he had with regard to adults. If human beings cannot hope to please God until they are born again of His Spirit, what folly it would be to give up the best years of life to mere outside instruction, instead of aiming first of all at this first and greatest need. This law he always laid down as the guiding line with regard to all work amongst children, instead of the ordinary Sunday school idea, first teach and then try to lead the children to Christ. In his first publication, How to Reach the Masses with the Gospel, he wrote in 1871, Great pains are taken, we know, to make the children acquainted with the history and theory of Christianity. But their conversion, which is the main thing, seems to us to be sadly and sorely overlooked. That the immediate gathering of the children to Christ is the teacher's work is recognized, we fear, in very few schools. It is not the aim of the present moment, and consequently little effort is made to bring it about. Feeling all this, we resolved that if ever opportunity offered, we would try services as much adapted for the conversion and instruction of children as our other services are for adults. On the first Sunday afternoon in April, 1869, we held our first Children's Salvation Service in our late hall in the old Bethnal Green Room, and five children professed to find the Savior. But of all the General's revolutionary tasks, this has, perhaps, proved to be the toughest. His eldest son, now General Bramwell Booth, made the children's work his earliest care, and in later years held annually councils for all officers engaged in it in England. But although God has wrought wonders amongst the children in every land, so that we have now thousands of officers who have been won in their early years by that junior work, the specter of the Sunday school ever and anon rises to threaten with a peaceful death this divine undertaking. Only the most persistent watchfulness can prevent the narrow idea of instruction and unbelief as to children's salvation, which is its foundation, from gaining the upper hand. It is so easy to get a thousand children drilled into pretty attention, pretty performances, pretty recitations and singing, and even into some degree of knowledge of the killing letter, but so hard to get any one child really to submit to the one great teacher of mankind and be saved. Therefore, we take special pleasure in dwelling upon the fact that the general's theory has been proved on trial to result in producing heroes and heroines capable almost in infancy of daring battle for God and becoming, before they reach their majority, thoroughly experienced and intelligent conquerors. In that earliest record we read, Although the services are strictly for children, 
it is not an unusual thing to see adults sitting by the side of the little ones, and sometimes to see parent and child kneeling together, seeking to know him whom to know is life eternal. One Sunday evening, a woman brought her young son, who a short time previously had been detected in an act of dishonesty. During the service, God's spirit strove with both. The mother saw that she would have to give an account of her doings, as well as the boy. And so, side by side, they knelt, sought, and professed to find pardon. A young lad who had been a source of great annoyance at our meetings and a dreadful swearer, a short time ago died triumphant in the faith. When lying in the London hospital, evidently dying, he sent a request that I would tell the children that he was going home, but tell them I'm not afraid, and oh, tell them not to swear. Many of our leading officers of today were truly converted before they were ten years old, so that at thirty they were already veterans in the fight. Two colonels, who were later most frequently seen closely associated with the general's campaigns, like him, were converted at fifteen, one of them being at that time almost overlooked by the sergeant who was counting the penitents. Captain, said he, there are seventy-one, or seventy-two if you count this lad. The general has not only counted his young lads and lasses whenever they were true penitents, but has dared to set them at once to work to bring others to Christ, and that with such effect that whole countries have felt the result. Our first Dutch officer was a young teacher, dismissed from his employment because he would persist in seeking the salvation as well as the instruction of his young pupils. After spending a few months in England in order to be able to translate for us, he became the lieutenant and general helper of our pioneer officer there. The way had been prepared before us by a retired major of the Dutch army, who had for some time been carrying on mission work in the city of Amsterdam and who, having seen something of the army in England, turned over his mission hall to us and gave us all possible help. He was rewarded by seeing all his own children converted. Holland has suffered perhaps more than any country in the world from the substitution of head knowledge for real heart acquaintance with God. The refuge of true believers in days of terrible persecution it has seen its churches either paralyzed with the narrowest and coldest orthodoxy, proclaiming the impossibility of salvation for anybody but the few elect, or the natural reaction, a wild liberalism, which doubts everything. How far the two million Catholics of the country hold fast their faith is doubtful, but it is admitted that very few of the other four millions profess to be born again. But the general never sought to trim his sails to catch any modern breeze. Upon his every visit to the country he spoke out with the same simple liberty as in England. Of the fisherman leader he sent to represent him in Holland, knowing only a handful of Dutch words, a lady said. He prays just like a man who is drowning. Such praying and corresponding effort for the perishing soon brought thousands to kneel in penitence before God. 
the general has visited the country repeatedly presiding over the annual reviews which have generally been held on some great land proprietor's estate or holding days with god in its largest theatres of one such visit in nineteen o six he writes i have just had a wonderful campaign in holland meetings enthusiasm collections and souls far beyond anything that has preceded it in my experience praise the dear lord the simple old gospel that any child can understand has indeed made the army triumphant all over holland and the following extracts from the general's diary during his visit of nineteen o eight will show how childlike a faith and devotion our people there have rotterdam saturday march fourteenth soldiers and ex-soldiers meeting fine three-fourths men a great improvement on anything i have seen in the way of soldiers meetings in this place i got the truth out and thirty-seven of them fell at the penitent form to seek power to walk in its light sunday the doken hall one of the largest auditoriums in the city full in the morning and crowds shut out afternoon and night people hired at first but twenty-two came to the penitent form in the morning and fifty-eight at night never saw men weep more freely two hundred twelve pounds given during the day monday came on to amsterdam and commenced officers councils tuesday a tired restless night for some reason or other sleep flew occupied with many matters but not very anxious still did not get much refreshment or invigoration for the day's work and felt accordingly on the whole the three meetings were interesting and i think useful to the officers present although nothing remarkable wednesday what i said at the councils yesterday may be repeated today i had a great deal more material than i could possibly introduce into two days and on leaving out some topics on the spur of the moment some were left out that might have been of great benefit however everybody was pleased and i think profited the only question in my mind similar to the one that haunts me in every officer's council is whether i am making the most of the opportunity there is no doubt that we have here a powerful body of men and women good devoted and loyal to the principles of the army proud to be connected with it and ready to receive instructions and to carry them out the great lack appears to be a want of energy enterprise and daring the being content with a little success instead of reaching out to all that is possible and promising however they are wonderfully improved and i hope the present commissioner's health will allow of his carrying them a long way farther in the direction of enthusiasm than they have reached before lieutenant colonel schock our original friend before referred to was with us at all the meetings he is very cordial and in making the closing speech described his oneness with the army in every direction my correspondence with london is somewhat heavy thursday fair night's sleep but feeling rather tired which must be expected 
we are away to den helder at nine forty two a m so must be stirring den helder is a naval port the headquarters of the dutch navy we were billeted with rear admiral van de bosch who is in command of the port fleet dockyards and many other things we were received at the station in a formal but hearty manner by the leading people of the town in the large waiting-room decorated for the occasion by the minister of the state church who made a really eloquent address the great point of his speech was the work of the holy spirit god working through us to the benefit of mankind as he stood there talking in that circle of sixty or seventy of the leading inhabitants of the place including naval officers of rank professionals of various classes and prominent people i could not help feeling as i often feel now what a change has come over the people not only with respect to the army but towards myself i answered in a few words that i trust were useful and beneficial to all present the whole thing from the moment of my being received at the door of my railway carriage until i left next morning had been prearranged through the instrumentality of one of our local officers to his great credit and to the credit of his town and to the satisfaction of his general the mail brought me a request to take over a certain county council's lodging-house for poor men on which they are losing a large sum also another to take over an inebriate's home which cost forty thousand pounds and is an utter failure in such exploits people will not have the salvation army at the outset otherwise they might save a good deal of expense etc friday arriving at amsterdam the mail brought confirmation of my agreement of yesterday to postpone my south african visit to september and to begin my motor tour at dundee and finish at the crystal palace in all these things the maxim is ever present to my mind man proposes but god disposes closed the night at the desk which is becoming more and more a difficult task from the failure of my eyes saturday good night sleep that is for me anyway a great improvement on recent nights so now for a good day's work of which there is plenty lying before me seven thirty p m soldiers meeting we have always been crowded out before so this time the palace theatre was taken as an experiment and it justified my reckonings for several years gone by namely that we could fill any reasonable place on saturday night here and yet keep the meetings select that is confine it to soldiers and ex-soldiers adherents and those concerned about religion we were more than full and the place holds fifteen hundred i had much liberty in speaking the after-meeting went with a swing seldom known on the continent or elsewhere and we had eighty-four at the penitent form some of them remarkable cases no wonder this octogenarian leader finds his young dutchman wanting in enterprise sunday the theatre again in the morning at ten an excellent plan oh that it could be adopted the world over the senseless system of beginning at eleven makes you feel it is time to close almost before you have had time to get well started 
We were crowded, large numbers outside, clamoring for admission, so much so that the police called out their reserves, and fifty men guarded the entrance. We had an excellent service inside, and forty at the mercy seat. It was a beautiful meeting, and made a mark forever on my heart, and on the hearts of many more. Afternoon the large hall of the People's Palace had been arranged for this as well as the night meeting. We were full, and many were turned away. I lectured on the duty of the community. Great satisfaction among my own people, and a good impression made upon the minds of a good many of the leading people of the city. Night, 7.30. Again full. It is a building erected for an exhibition and made suitable for a meeting only by putting up a great screen across the center. I suppose we could have filled the entire space, but whether my interpreter could then have been heard, I'm not sure. I preached with point and power, more breathless attention I never had in my life. I reckoned on an easy conquest but we had one of the hardest fights I ever remember before we got a soul out. I left at 10.30, completely played out. A wall of policemen on either side kept the people back while I got into the carriage, the crowd having waited a long time to catch a glimpse of me. Had long, restless, and sleepless spells during the night, but still I have not done amiss on the whole. I must now prepare myself for the coming Berlin Staff Congress. So much for the general effect upon a largely unbelieving people of simple, childlike faith. But the general was, of course, always just as earnest about instructing all who came to him, old or young, in the way of life as about getting them into it. In the midst of these tremendous campaigns, he repeatedly prepared lesson books for both children and adults. To a lady who had tried to help him by sending him a number of catechisms for children on such an occasion, he wrote, Thank you for your letter and your catechisms sent here. The particular catechisms you send I already had, not that the church affair could be of any advantage to me, and I should imagine it would not be of much use to anyone else, especially to children. I am trying to produce something that will be a boon to the army by being blessed to hundreds of thousands of children for years to come. You do not seem to think it is a very important task. I count it the most important work I have had my hands on for years. I had a proper day at blank. I got at the peasantry for once, although I have often had that privilege before, and we had a mighty day. Oh, the joy of leading those simple souls into the light and power and freedom of the kingdom. I am keeping better. Praise the Lord. Whether the general's hopes for the use of his writings to the good of children will be fully realized remains to be seen. But it is a great thing to have established even the purpose of making the way to heaven plain enough for the youngest feet to find. The other day I heard a captain explaining how he was conscripted into the army at ten years of age. He was standing outside the door of one of our halls on an evening when children were not admitted. He had tried in vain, boy-like, to dodge through the doorkeeper's legs, 
but a drunken woman came up and not only insisted on getting in, but on dragging him in to keep her company. Once inside, she went right up to the penitent form with her prisoner and made him kneel with her there. He had never seen so many grown-up people kneeling before, and as they prayed, he felt what a naughty boy he had been, and began both to weep and pray. However little any older people might think of him that night, God heard and saved him, and he is now fighting under our flag in the West Indies. And others who in their early years came to Christ are now occupying leading positions all over the world. One of them remembers when a lad of fifteen, hearing the general say, whilst giving out the verse, Sure I must fight if I would reign, increase my courage, Lord. I would like to alter it to, Sure I will fight and I shall reign. The lad shouted, Hallelujah! And as he was on the front seat in the theater, the general both heard and noticed him and remarked, I hope you will make as good a fighter as you are a shouter. Thirty-three years of faithful warfare have replied to the general's encouraging challenge. And we have no means as yet of calculating how many such youthful disciples have been equally helped by the general into a conquering life. May this record help to multiply the number, for it is the will of God to make all his children strong in the power of his might. It is indeed this bringing all, whether old or young, forward in the development of all their powers for God, which constitutes everywhere a great part of the army's work. The enlarging influence of a close contact with Christ has hardly yet been fully realized even by ourselves. The peasant, whose whole circle of thought was so limited and stereotyped that his life only rose by a few degrees above that of the animals he drove before him, is taught by the army to pray and sing to the Maker and Savior of the world. Give me a heart like thine, by thy wonderful power, by thy grace every hour give me a heart like thine. In a few years' time you will find that man capable of directing the war over a wide stretch of country, dealing not merely with as many meetings in a week as some men would be content to hold in a year, and with the diversified needs of thousands of souls, but taking his share in any business transactions or councils with civic authorities as ably as any city-born man. What has so enlarged his capacity, broadened his sympathies, and turned him into the polite and valued associate of anyone, high or low, with whom he comes in contact? His library, if indeed he has any, beyond the few army publications he needs for his work, is still scanty enough to make his removal at a few hours' notice remarkably easy, and he will not be found much in public reading rooms either. He has very little time for fellowship with any of the intelligent friends who, for the army's sake, might now be willing to help him on. He has simply had that oft-repeated prayer answered, and with the heart of a Savior of all men comes an interest in men's thoughts and ways, which leads the man ever onward, overcoming all his own ignorance and incapacities for the sake of helping on the war. 
thus the general's declaration at an early moment that he would get his preachers out of the public-houses has not merely been justified with regard to the first elementary lines of recruiting but the grace of god has proved capable of developing out of the most limited and despoiled human material the most able and large-hearted of organizers and leaders without building up any artificial or educational barriers between them and their former associates how indeed could it be otherwise those who are ignorant of god may well doubt the possibility of any mental improvement by means of prayer but those who believe that it is possible for the poorest to dwell on earth with their savior and to hold continual intercourse with him will perfectly understand how enlightening how elevating how inspiring such fellowship must ever be alas how few there are yet in the world who can truly say our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ end of section 15 recording by tom hirsch